Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. On today's show, we complete our little trilogy on intuition by exploring blocks to intuition and how to develop better intuition. I'm producer Erin Warhol, and I'm here with author and spiritual teacher Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. So we've been having a great time talking about intuition and all the different kinds of intuition. Yeah, there's a few things to know about it. Once you pay attention, you say, oh, I see, there's some... There's some ways of of getting clear about this. Right. In past conversations, we've talked about forgiveness, intention, living purposefully. And so in the last two shows, we've been exploring the art of using your intuition to lead a good life. Mm -hmm. And so today, our third and final for now we're going to get to all those yes but how but but what if this and i'm afraid about that and i don't know about this and there's some there's some doubts and fears to dispel Mm -hmm. for some people and there's some ways to approach discerning the accuracy of your intuition and uh, also some ways to develop it to be clearer and stronger So, Mary, you have talked about how intuition is that quiet knowing that comes right out of our souls. Mm -hmm. I would say it's our soulful GPS. Oh, good. It's our navigation system. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's quieter than the one in your car, which says, turn right at the corner. (laughs) But if you make friends with your intuition, you you can get just about that clear some days. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so... If we're talking, if we're, if everybody has intuition, but some people are more tuned into it, what are some of the reasons why people might not be tuned into it, or what are the blocks? Well, I would say it, a lot of it has to do with how dedicated you are to your spiritual journey already, mm, how okay. much you are convinced that you actually have a higher self, a higher power, a soul, yeah. whatever you want to call it, and how willing you are to let go and uh, allow yourself to be guided by this by this higher self so I think uh, a lot of it depends on how confident you are already with uh, trotting your path and how experimental you are with oh, let's try this let's let's open up to this oh, let's discover that oh well that didn't work hmm and uh, to keep going back to the idea that I am not alone and I am I am so resourced my teacher, Edith, used to say every one of us is walking around like we have a checkbook in our pocket with a million dollars in it, and we're afraid to write checks on it. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I know. And intuition is like that, is we have this golden resource for direction and peace of mind, and we may or may not be writing checks on it. Well, so why do so many of us repress our intuition? Or is that what's going on? Yeah, for some people. I would say that it has to do with repressing our true self. Oh. A lot of us were raised to doubt ourselves, uh-huh. to feel like uh, maybe we were uh, told that we were stupid or mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't know what was going on or, no, you're too sensitive or, no, you're, you're crazy. That's a crazy thought. That's not really going on. Some of us got talked out of our intuition when we were first expressing it as mm-hmm. children. So we've learned some doubts about it. And I've come to categorize the different blocks that people have as one, there's the one of just ignoring it. You just don't realize that it's there and that it's for you. 
And two, that you have some doubt about yourself and uh, your clarity. Uh-huh. Three, you might have some fears. Right. Fears are like, oh, well, you could have the fear that people will think you're crazy uh-huh. if you just really allow yourself to take some intuitive leaps in your life that maybe don't make sense to other people, but they make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a fear of um, scary things, you know, like yeah. we, our culture has so much scary storytelling around mm-hmm. the psychic function, all yeah. those scary Halloween movies, and there's always the psychic child or teenager who's, <laughs> you know, got a kind of a messed up streak, and, yeah. uh, and then all sorts of horror breaks loose. The bad loose. seed. The bad seed, yeah. All right. And then we, we have fear. Uh, fear from traditional religions. Some mm-hmm. versions of Christianity are very fear-based mm-hmm. and are afraid to encourage people to have uh, a life with the spirit because, mm. well, you don't really know, uh, you know, if you're op- if you're too open, then you're open mm-hmm. to bad spirits, you're, you're open to the devil, you know, so there's the whole fear of, of scary bad things. Mm-hmm. And then other people might have a fear of well, you know, they don't actually doubt their intuition, but they have a fear of being thought crazy. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere in the back of your mind, you're carrying the legacy from 500 years of what's known as the burning times, oh. when many millions of people, mostly women, were killed off because they were healers or um, midwives or wise women. Mm-hmm. And they had the nerve to say that they could... Uh, be guided directly by spirit instead of going through the church. Wow. Yes. I once had a class where I had a woman in the class for eight to ten weeks. It was a long class. She didn't speak a word the whole time. She did not Uh open her mouth. And the very last class, she finally timidly announced that she can see energy, that she can see light. Yeah, she can see light. She's an energy healer kind of person. She could see auras. She could... Uh, move energy Um, and she shook like a leaf she looked like she was afraid unto death while she was telling us and we were a very safe circle of women who were (laughs) into this stuff (laughs) yeah all all about it but she was outing herself Uh as uh as a psychic person as a you know very intuitive person and she had that that driver in the back of her mind that made her really really afraid so so some people have this just just almost visceral fear of being uh, outed as yeah. someone who's got um, a strong gift with intuition. So that that's a fear. And then lastly, the uh, last block I would talk about would be glamour, glamorizing oh. it and exaggerating the importance of it. Yeah. And, and people who believe that, oh, I'm so special. You yeah. know, I have, I'm so psychic, I'm so special, and God is talking to me directly, and I'm, you know, and I'm amazing. And that's actually a block. It's a block because even the very best intuitive people, the very best even professional psychics who are getting paid to use their intuition to help people, I'm thinking we're only about 80% right Mm. most of the time. And this is true probably of a lot of professions, (laughs) doctors, (laughs) lawyers, mechanics, you're probably about 80% right on. And then they've got that 15 to 20% that, uh, no, that's not true. And so uh, I think anyone who... uh, has got a finally honed intuition has to have that little 
uh, grain of salt sense of humor around. And sometimes I'm making it up. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm wrong. But, you know, most of the time you're not making it up. Most of the time you're not wrong. And so you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You want to take this like any other life skill and develop it and practice with it and make mistakes with it and uh, keep going. Well, and so I want to say one more thing about our our culture. You've talked a little bit about like our past, but our culture is very logic based and you know, prove it to me. Scientific materialism. Yeah, scientific. And so, you know, for for many people it's like, well, prove it, and if you can't prove it, eh, you know. Right. And I say to those people, can you prove a poem? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> is there a reason that we should say no, poetry is worthless because you can't prove it. Yeah. No, it's part of life. And intuition is part of the the uh, softening and the sparkling and the magic-making of mm. life. Oh, it's great. really wonderful when you have uh, a, a no doubt about it, whoa, somebody's looking after me, feeling from your intuition. And uh, those those are the stories I treasure the most. Oh, that's great. So it we have to acknowledge it in order to receive it. We have to not just have our logic on a pedestal, but maybe also create space in our lives also for this magical connection, this sense of mystery. Right. They need to work as partners. Mm -hmm. And that's not hard. It's like I I knew a a CEO of a company once who was extremely intuitive, Mm -hmm. and she was a VP, and she really ran her uh, plans from her intuition to herself, this, she, mm-hmm. she, she went in and really kind of felt like, what's the right thing here? But then she would reach out for the data, and oh, okay. the data would support it. The yeah. data supported her intuition most of the time. And so she would be at the board meeting talking to a bunch of people who were you know, looking at the bottom line numbers, and she would be giving them the numbers and the data and the science that they wanted. But really, she was coming from her soulful intuition. So, okay, so fear then would be that, I mean, fear is a really big one for people, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I guess, you know, I think about this in my own life and probably one of the times that I've had an intuitive sense about something, it did catch me off guard. And I thought, well, why do I know this? (laughs) Was it helpful? It, It was sort of helpful, but it was also sort of out of the blue and I didn't fully understand it. I was a young, I was young, I was working in Washington, D.C., I was on my way to the presidential conventions. We did the Democrats in Atlanta. This was 1988. And then I w- we were headed to New Orleans for the Republicans. And the big question was, who was George Bush going to select as his running mate? You know, and there were, there, we had an office pool, you know. And I don't know why, but You were betting on it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was sort of like just for bragging rights. Right. But it was, I don't know why, but I knew that it was going to be Dan Quayle. And now, who would ever know that? I, it, Everybody it was surprised with that one. It was. It was yeah. a surprise. And it was, but it, 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 you know, it was sort of like I hadn't really learned much about intuition at that point. And, and I, one of the questions was like, well, why do I know that? What is that all about? Well, I like that because it's pretty harmless. Yeah. And I think there's a, <laughs> you know, it's just a game, you know. Yeah. Oh, look at that. You won the pool. I hope, I hope you got to take yourself out to dinner or something. So it's pretty harmless. And there's lots, when we enter a period of opening to and developing and uh, coming more into trust with our intuition, there's plenty of things like that to practice on. 
that yeah. don't they're not life threatening they're not yeah. going to uh put your <laughs> your life savings at risk or right. anything like that they're just right. sort of silly yeah and uh that's that's uh that's good <laughs> that's good i'm glad but it you're... was also this is what i also remember because everybody analyzes everything and when i announced my knowing <laughs> Then they're like, well, how did you get that? Where did that come from? Why? You know, and I had nothing to say other than well, I how just... How did you get it? Was it a voice I, in your head that said was, Dan Quayle? Was it a It was when I heard kind of the different possibilities, and he was mentioned as sort of the dark horse uh, candidate, I there was an energy around it. There was just oh. like, just like it stuck out. And I was like... Oh. God's yellow highlighter was on it. Yes. that's. I would say that now, knowing you now and knowing that, that language. Knowing how often I say God's yellow highlighter yeah. in classes. But I that back then I was like, that's it. But why do I know this? <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Because uh, that would be an... Um, could be an auditory intuition in which is something about the sound of his name and yeah. you just really perk up and go yeah. oh that's it <laughs> or and you subtly actually subtly experience some light and energy yeah fizzing uh, and um, i'm just gonna admit too that i'm embarrassed to even toss <laughs> <laughs> it's you know because it just doesn't it it's non-rational right it's not irrational but yeah. it's non-rational it's non-rational and the thing is that our soul is hanging out in a bigger space than our person okay, is. Yes. Our soul is part and parcel of eternity. It's it's in a wider landscape of space and time. It's not in space and time mm-hmm. in the way we are. So it knows things. It knows things about the future. It knows things from far away. It knows things that uh, we haven't thought of. And it gives us hints about these. And I, I had a, an experience with that once where... Uh, I, I just really appreciate it a lot because it, it's it's my intuition has a few times just really gone to bat for me in terms oh, nice. of yeah really really making a piece of life better and easier yeah. and this was one year I got a phone call from a convention planner and they were they wanted to hire me as one of their keynoters yeah and I was all about getting keynote jobs at that time and I was thrilled I'm like oh good all right let's go and so I pull out my calendar and I'm about to I said I'm asking them the date. And I suddenly hear a little voice. I have uh, all the different kinds of intuition that we mm-hmm. talked about last week. I have seeing sometimes and hearing sometimes mm-hmm. and sensing, moving around sometimes. Well, in this case, this, this very firm, directive little voice that I have sometimes said to me, don't take this job. Oh, right. It just said that. And I, and I had this very quick, silent argument with myself because I'm on the phone. Yeah. Supposedly checking my <laughs> dates with this person. I've already said, oh, how wonderful. Of course, I'd love to do it. You know, and I'm like whispering to myself, why? Why not? Why shouldn't I do that? Yeah. I'm going to do that. It's nice. I love you. It's just what I want to do. It says, no, no, don't take this job. You will regret it. I'm like, well, what do you mean I regret it? I'm not regret it. And it said, there's something else that on those dates that you're going to wish you could do instead. And so if you, you had this if whole you conversation. Commit this whole like lightning fast yeah. conversation because I had I had been in this era of refining my intuition for about 5 years and I gotten so I was really good at it and it was never r- wrong, was rarely wrong and it had shown me to trust it and now it's telling me for for facts I don't know why right. don't take this job there's going to be something that you want to do and so this is a year from now i'm looking at my calendar is wide open there's nothing yeah. there i want keynote jobs but 
because I had learned the hard way, yeah. when I ignore my intuition, I usually regret it. Yeah. And I don't need to test that anymore. Okay. So I thought, darn. My ego said, darn. And then I said to the organizer on the phone, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Of course, you know, I would love to be able to do that for you. But it, it turns out that I'm, I'm booked that weekend. I'm not available. Mm. And I'm just, you know, fiz- <laughs> I'm just cursing inside because I'm like, ah. So then anyway, life moves on and I forget all about this. It's This moves downstream. And I, I didn't wonder about it anymore. It just yeah, went on. You didn't obsess about it. I didn't obsess about it. I forgot about it. And then a year later, a close friend of mine that I was in a small spiritual group with won a week-long vacation in the Yucatan um, Peninsula wow. in a condo with you know uh, everything paid for, and she wanted to bring our little group there to this amazing, beautiful place in Mexico. Oh. And it was right then. Oh. And if I had booked that job, I would be working, yeah. and I wouldn't be having a vacation. Yeah. And on some level... Because my soul is not stuck in space and time and calendar like my person. On some level, my soul knew, no, actually, you're going to want a vacation then. Wow. Not this particular gig. You're going to really feel sad that your group went to Mexico without you and you <laughs> stayed home and did this. So That is amazing, Mary. Well, I think life is amazing. And it I, is. I think that it behooves us to uh, keep the window open yeah. to, uh, to the mystery of what goes on when we don't understand, you know, this is just wrong. Or, oh, you know, I just I just know I need to do this. I need to reach out to this person right now. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And when we follow these these hunches, uh, I think it it grows our confidence and our sense in the benevolence of life. Yeah. And that it's really actually trying to help us to thrive. Cool. So it's, it's almost like you discover your intuition. Like it starts... Ask, it starts telling you things that you have you have the choice to listen or not listen. Right. right? And maybe you've been doing it all along, and maybe you're just going to amplify it, or maybe you're just uh-huh. going to open it up. And I see it as a conversation. Uh-huh. Like it's a conversation between your personal self and your higher self. And so I like in any good relationship, you want to have open communication. Yeah. So you want to say to your soul, okay, you know, I'm in. I'm in with both feet. And I'm feeling a little bit uh, not clear right now about this and this. So I'm really open to your guidance about X. Or I'm just open to your guidance, period. And you can ask for your soul to make it easy. You can ask for it to be uh, uh, obvious. Please make this easy. Please make this obvious. My job is when I notice it, I'm going to follow it. And when it goes well, I'm going to say thank you very much. So you have this open relationship. So what do you have another story about discovering your intuition or having your intuition show you things? Yeah. Well, I have a story about how uh, intuition gives us things we didn't even know we needed mm. because it, it's so wise. It's, mm-hmm. It really knows the wholeness of us and, and what we what we need and where, where those things and where those people are. Yeah. And it guides us to them. So uh, some years ago, I was in a time in my life where uh, I was kind of, there was sort of a juncture. We weren't sure what we were going to do next. We were thinking about, we had just gotten some money, a chunk of money. And so for once, we were not in the month-to-month, you know, <laughs> making it month-to-month mode. We could ac- actually ask the question, well, what do we want to do? Yeah. Do we want to travel? Do I want to go back to school? Uh, do I want to, um, you know, t- 
take an art class? What what do I want to do? What's what's up? What's next? And I remember feeling like I just don't know what I need. Mm-hmm. I knew, and then I was pretty sure I wanted to move to a quieter neighborhood. I lived uh-huh. in inner cities, loud and and you know crazy in the summer. I thought I want to move somewhere more peaceful, someplace with more trees. So we were looking at houses in different neighborhoods, and we were in all the all the nicer neighborhoods. And I kept going, oh. Yeah, this is nice, but and I should like this, but it's it's not what I need. It's, it doesn't have enough trees. Oh, well, it's still a little bit too loud. Or, huh? Gee, there's uh, the I don't know. The vibes just aren't pretty enough. So, speaking of inner city, <laughs> <laughs> that's my point exactly. <laughs> so I knew that I wanted some more peace and quiet. And then I said, oh well, I don't know. And nothing is right. All these houses we're looking at are not speaking to me. I'm sure there's plenty of listeners out there who found their house with their intuition. Yeah. I said, oh, this is it. <laughs> or found your mate with your intuition and said, oh, it's you. Here we go. So anyway, so one day uh, my, my best friend called me up and she said, you know, I want to go to the meditation program tonight and I want you to come with me. I, feel, I just have this strong intuition that we're going to, you know, something good's going to happen if we go cool. there tonight. So I said, yeah, okay, sure. And so I went with her to this meditation center that we went to every now and then and it was nice, you know, it was a good meditation and stuff, but but what happened was I met a person there that uh-huh. uh, came up to me, and we were, we were talking about stuff, and I said I was looking around for where else to live, and she said, you know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, because oh. you're talking about looking around the city, but there's this beautiful piece of land for sale. Mm-hmm. It's really special. It's really amazing, and you know, a friend of mine lives just down the road from it, and she's trying to find someone really nice to buy it, and yeah, I just think you should go see this. And I thought, huh, hmm, piece of land. Well, I don't know, but it's May. It's pretty. Yeah. And there was something about kind of like your Dan Quayle moment. <laughs> something, something about her saying it and the kind of the intensity with which she said it. Yeah. That I said, you know, I'll just go see it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'll just go see it. We'll go on a little field trip. So I called up the owner of the land, and he was trying to sell it, and he had had to leave it because he'd had a stroke, and and his health wasn't good, and he was crying on the phone. He's saying it's just the most beautiful place ever. Wow. It's so beautiful, and he said, "Well, my, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe the government was going to buy it. I don't know, but my son will show you around." Oh. So my my husband and I went on this field trip the next day, and we're going up there. La la la, it's pretty out. No expectations whatsoever. We're just going to go see this pretty land. It's about 80 miles from the city. And as we're going down this road, out of the corner of my eye, I see a dark shape walking in the field. Really? Yeah. I turn my head, and it's a bear. (gasps) There's a bear just walking (laughs) through this sunny field. But Erin, it was smiling. No. It was. You know, like how dogs smile? Yes. You know, like a golden retriever on a nice day on a walk? The golden retriever's got this big grin, kind of like la, la, la. This bear, this gorgeous big bear with like blue-black fur, so black it was almost blue. He was smiling and ambling through this sunny field. I'm going, Fred, Fred, stop. It's a bear. It's a bear. And immediately after that, I shouted, we need to live out here. And he's like, what? And I, I, suddenly this part of me that had been dormant for years since I had stopped either traveling and camping, and the wild part of me, the part of me yeah. that needs the woods, oh. just woke up and shouted, whoa. So then we go to this property, and Fred turns in the driveway, and he says, I got the weirdest feeling like I'm turning into my own driveway. 
I feel like I know this driveway. I feel like I've seen this driveway before. So so here he he is doing that. And then we meet the the man's son. His name was Dan, and he was showing us around the property. And and at one point, we were out in this field, and I felt drawn to this uh, little bush over near the middle of the field. And I went and sat down. I said, I I kept kind of almost nodding off into a deep meditation as I was walking around with wow. them. I felt like meditation was coming to get me, like when you're going, to, going into this trance and you can't oh. even help it. I said, you guys go on. I'm going to just go sit over there in the field and, and be quiet for a minute. And I went and I sat there and whoomp, I went into this deep, peaceful space in the middle of this field where I could feel the earth breathing oh. there. I could feel the earth from the core of the yeah. earth through all the layers, through this field, through the outer stratosphere, I felt like there was this open, breathing, healthy, peaceful space. Wow. And I thought, I have to live here. Yeah. I I need to be I need to be in this experience with cool. this land. So then Fred and I finish our tour and we're looking at each other like, you know, we want to buy this place. Mm. And we couldn't even imagine that we could afford it. It was 40 mm-hmm. acres and a house and a, and a guest cabin. And we had this specific chunk of money. And anyway, the, ma- the man went home and told his father, you know what, Dad, I think these are the people. Oh. I think these are the people that are supposed to be here. Wow. I, think, I think these people are going to love this land like you did, and they're mm. going to take good care of it, and they're going to put a lot of love into it. And uh, he said, I think you should sell it to them for whatever they got. And You're kidding. No. So we made an offer, which was the most that we could stretch to imagining yeah. affording with our chunk of money and a monthly payment. And uh, they accepted it. Oh. They accepted it because they felt like we were supposed to have it. Yeah. And if I told you the amount, you wouldn't even believe me. It's, just, it's, like, it's one of those God things. It's a miracle thing. It's, cra- it's just crazy how much we got for the little money we had. And we met them and uh, at the bank and to sign papers. And the man and I looked at each other and we both burst into tears because oh. he said, "It's the most beautiful land ever. It's the most beautiful oh. land you'll ever see." And I'm crying. I'm like, "I know, I know. I'm gonna <laughs> love this land. I never thought I was gonna have land. I never thought that. I, I couldn't believe it until and that bear woke up your wild side. That bear side. just woke up my." <laughs> my desire for the wild yeah and you know we signed the papers and three days later he died you're kidding no he died suddenly of an undiagnosed prayer condition and we were the only people besides family that were invited to his funeral Mm. and we stood up and thanked everyone for all the good memories they had in the land and they came up to us and they gave us all the stories oh wow this family that had lived there for 30 years one by one throughout the the funeral came up and said you know where the best strawberries are if you go down the road there and you turn right down there there's really good it's like the second week of june they told us you know and there's and there's don't worry there's no poisonous snakes there there is one that looks scary but you know it's only this and it was amazing and i my land is my treasure i've had it now for 20 years and And I didn't know it. I didn't know that I needed it, and but I was led to it. And you totally it's were so led fulfilling. To it. Wow, that is a great story. Well, and everybody was using their intuition. I was. Everybody was. And Fred was. My friend was. Yeah. I was. Fred was. And the man's son was. And yeah. you know. And it just like worked. Yeah. 
Well, that's so cool. I just want to pause for a moment and tell folks a little bit more about you, Mary. You intuitive wonder you. <laughs> Mary Hayes Greco is the author of two books, The New Kitchen Mystic, A Companion for Spiritual Explorers, and Unconditional Forgiveness, A Simple and Proven Method to Forgive Everyone and Everything. They're both fantastic books. I highly Thank recommend you. them. Mary, you're also the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training, and you have helped people heal their, heal their lives through workshops and private consultations for more than 25 years. Yes. Yay. Yeah, I like it. I want to say one more thing about intuition yeah. and my book, The Kitchen Mystic. Yeah. Because uh, I was so happy when that title came to me because it was a way of saying, what I'm doing with intuition in everyday life is I'm, yeah. I'm intuitive in the kitchen. I'm yeah, intuitive. You are. I'm <laughs> making <traffic>. soup. <laughs> making soup, right? I'm intuitive in everyday life, and it was a nicer word for the a public book than psychic. Yeah, you know, it's like totally. poor, poor thing. The, the word psychic is is woefully polluted. So, so I had been writing these essays for a while, and one day I sat for meditation. And these words scrolled down from the ceiling of my mind's eye, and it said, the kitchen mystic. Mm. I said, oh, the kitchen mystic. That's what I am. I'm not a, I don't have to say psychic. I'm just, just an ordinary mystic. There's a lot of us ordinary mystics out there. I'm going to, ah, that's a good title. And the next day, I got a call from the editor at Hazelden saying, oh, I'm looking at these pieces, and we should do a book. I said, I've got the title. <laughs> and I told her the title. She goes, oh, yeah, that's darling. That's the title. So, so um the uh, Kitchen Mystic excellent. came out of that. That's excellent. Let's just pause one more moment here and acknowledge our sponsors. Oh, yes. This podcast is brought to you by the energy and attitude of unconditional love. Unconditional love. It is there for you. It's in abundance, and it wants you to thrive. It does. And also, the new definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing an expectation is causing you to suffer. Very good. Well, it's funny thinking about how you find your place to live and your place to, to live finds you. I, it reminds me of how Matt, my husband, and I got into our house just three years ago. We were getting married. Was that an intuition success? It was an intuition success, but it was his intuition success, which was kind of interesting because I didn't know that he listened to that. You know, I didn't, I wasn't totally, I didn't know that he would trust that, but we started looking for a house and he said to me now you know i'm an insurance adjuster claims adjuster he's a supervisor now but he's like for for the my whole adult life i've looked at what's wrong with buildings so just so you know this is going to be gonna a long drawn out here. yeah it's going to be hard and i just want to let you know and I i'm like, going to complain oh. about every house <laughs> so we started and he was looking at listings and he saw one he, that caught his attention and he emailed me the listing yellow highlighter and mm -hmm. I called and set up the appointment and we went on a Saturday morning and we tell this story over and over again but by the time he got on the third step up the landing he's like oh we're home oh. <laughs> and uh, I you know I, I felt it too but I what I didn't know is that he would be so willing to just go with that and that's you know one of the reasons that why sold I you on him, him. yeah it did <laughs> yeah he he knows himself and he trusts himself you know Lovely. And, so it was and nice that he's got that balance with intuition and, and, and logic and yeah, data totally. intuition <laughs> and da and just the facts he's, yeah he's got them exactly both. but awesome. it wasn't a terrible process it was actually just a joyful one nice so, all right, so we've been talking about how in self-mastery, intuition really is a key function, but let's talk a little bit more about how you can reliably grow your intuition. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, there's ways of growing it. And people also sometimes have a concern about discerning what's true and how do I know? How do I yeah. know what's right? So let's talk about both of those things. Okay. So the ways that I recommend we develop our intuition is to start today. Uh-huh. Start today and smile at it. Smile mm-hmm. at your soul and say, okay, I'm in. I'm on. Bring it on. Yeah. I would like to get more intuitive about how I live my life and how I trod my path. And so please show me how mine works. Please make this easy. Please uh, uh, give me ample evidence, and uh, I'll be paying attention and learning. Thank you very much. You just start up that cooperative uh, interaction with your higher self. And I like that because what you're doing is you're not approaching it with fear. You're, you're not bringing doubt into the equation. You're sort of like taking a stand here that you're, you're going to see what happens. Right, and you can, ask for it to be, you can ask to be helped. Along. You can ask, can ask it for it to be gentle and, mm-hmm. and easy, non-scary. Give me some. Give me some little lessons. Give me some little tests, and it will. You'll just find that you're in class. You will find that from for many many weeks after that, you are in class around intuition, and you're going to be given these little opportunities to trust a hunch or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, every time you have a success with it, you say, "Good for me! Yay! Thank you very much." <laughs> If you have a fail, like you really think this is your intuition, you know, telling you to go up and talk to this guy at the bar, (laughs) because he really seems like he probably is your soulmate, Mm, but no, but the thing you found out after a couple hours, hmm. So the thing that will torque our (laughs) intuition is if we desire something strongly, like we're really attached to something, or if we're really afraid about something. Okay. Fear and greed will will <laughs> torque it will you know make us misinterpret things okay. so so that's the thing to know and this is all part of knowing ourselves is knowing what sort of things am i attached to what sort of things do i really want so bad what sort of things do i dread and and fear all the time because then then you're going to misread so if you have that situation you want to develop a little companion discerning tool mm-hmm. in which you have a way of saying to your intuition okay Am I am I clear here or not? Was that yeah. you, my soul speaking, or was that me, my ego? And I developed a couple little games with myself where like I would I would ask the question, is that you or is that me? And it would say, No, it's me, it's your soul. And I'd ask it three times. And if it stayed the same three times, it was usually Oh, I love that. Yeah, right on. I made it up. You could make up your own <laughs> things. We're all entitled to make things up. So <laughs> that worked for us. Or I have like a, a red light or a green light in my head, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll say, hmm, should I move ahead on this? And I'll just pause with an empty, empty mind until I start to see a glowing red light. Oh, really? No? Stop? Mm, red light. It, okay. It's usually very consistent. Yeah. So so I made up a couple little of discernment, discernment uh, tricks. Other people might use a, a pendulum to see, mm-hmm. you know, if it's going to spin clockwise for yes or counterclockwise for no, or kinesiology where you do some muscle testing to see I've if heard it's, of that. yes, it's str- your finger strength stays strong for a yes or weak for a no. You can you can explore this, but um, so it's good to have that, and it's also good to have a friend mm-hmm. who is n- does not think you're a weirdo yeah. for experimenting <laughs> with these things. It's really right. important when you're developing your intuition to have a buddy to bounce things off of and to yeah. share your successes with. And don't don't share your intuition journey with a skeptic. 
Just don't that do it. A, that's good advice. Protect your little delicate yeah. embryonic <laughs> getting stronger every day intuition and, and give it uh, good friends, yeah. good supportive friends. And I have a couple friends who are I feel are very uh, high integrity people and very clear sighted and that they too are real intuitive. So they're like my alternative board of directors that if I really feel like this is a bigger decision yeah. and I'm thinking, you know, like I could call counsel with my friend on the phone and say, you know, just getting this feeling about this. I, my brain says I should do it, but something in me is saying no. I'm just wondering if you would sort of check in with yourself and see what you feel. Yeah. And so you have a couple good intuitions to bounce your, your um, more important questions off of. So you do that. Well, and I really like that because, I mean, what we're talking about in the bigger picture here is self-mastery. And so along with that is like being really honest with yourself, being open, being brave. being brave. Yeah. And so it's not just this all or nothing thing. It's about really just sort of over time noticing where you've got uh, habits or ideas or beliefs that maybe don't fit with who you really are and letting them go mm-hmm. and opening up to more of who you really are. Right. Right, so this is just part and parcel of that. And uh, as you get to bigger decisions with intuition, it's helpful to uh, take some time and pray, pray for mm-hmm. discernment, mm. bounce it off of your your good uh, intuitive friend and that sort of thing. Yeah, I've, I'd like to share a story that um, was a challenge for my, mm-hmm. my discernment, my intuition. And it has to do with my land again. Oh, okay. So about three years after we got the land, I was experiencing some stress about carrying it. It was like, whew, we were just making it month to month. Yeah. But it was, we were being very frugal, really tight. And I just felt like, oh, man, this is killing me to carry this land. What was I thinking? I, I mean, I love this land. I can't let go of it. But ah, I'm a, you know, yeah. so I was going back and forth. And I could only see two possibilities because I had fear and, yeah. and attachment going on. I thought, well, I could sell the land and we'll have more breathing room financially and I'll be brokenhearted. Uh-huh. Or we could keep the land, and I will have the land, and it's part of my soulful life, but I'll be broke all the time. I, and <laughs> I hate that, yeah. and, and I fear that. I fear get, getting more broke. So I was just going back and forth between these two polarities, and the mind will do that. The mind will come up with opposites, that, right. and it won't have this you know, elegant field of gray that you can <laughs> look at with yeah. some confidence. So, But I was going to a place where I was teaching, I was, I was going to teach at Hazelden, which is a really, really sacred, special place. And I had made a decision, you know what, when I'm up there, it's very clear there, I'm going to pray a lot, and I'm going to ask to be shown what I should do. Oh. So I got to my room, and I put my suitcase down, and I said out loud to the walls, to my higher self, okay, look, I really need to get clear about this. Should I sell the land or not? Mm. Which, what should I do? And I sat down, and my inner voice came, and it was so clear. It, was just, it knew I was ready for the answer. And it said, you, don't, you can't sell your land. It's really part of your love of life and your, your destiny. It's your land. It's, you just have to get braver about making better money. You are just too afraid to to try some things that will, you know, up your income. And so that's really what you need to do is get determined about your income and keep the land. And if just to prove my point to you, just watch and see what happens at lunch. 
<laughs> this is what my, my inner voice said to me. Wow. Watch and see what happens at lunch. So I'm like, okay. So I went off and I taught my morning class and I went, went, sat down at lunch and I sat next to a man who turned to me and said, you know, you are a very talented speaker. And I, I am the chairman of the Kansas City Millionaires Club. <laughs> I forgot it was Young Presidents Organization YPO I think yeah I'm president of this millionaires group and we have a speaker once a month and uh, we treat you very well you know we're going to put you in wonderful lodgings and you know take you to dinner and we'd like you I'd like to ask you um, to be our speaker and you know we have a whole network of these groups across the country and if you do well with us you know you can call up and get other jobs with our organization oh, as a speaker hilarious right so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I see. I don't just share my work in, uh, you know, the the spiritual growth ghettos that I'm used to sharing it in. You know, recovery <laughs> crowds and and women's groups and uh, <laughs> church basements. You know, yeah. for little whatever they can afford. Oh, I see. There's the millionaires clubs around the nation that might hire me to come. Oh, so I had to expand my idea of my oh, work and my audience. That's and I'm so um, happy to say I still have the land. Oh, love it, Mary. <laughs> that is wonderful. I love your land, too. That sounds, it sounds so wonderful. It's heavenly. Mm, it's perfectly heavenly. That's great. Well, this has been really fun, rounding out our whole conversation about intuition. I'm sure at some point we'll go back and revisit it. You know, we have to because I have so many more stories. Because <laughs> you know what happens? <laughs> when I talk about intuition in the public, yeah, people come up to me afterwards and they tell me the wildest stories oh. about their intuition's greatest hit. Yeah, And it's just, you know, jaw-dropping some of the stories <laughs> I've heard. So you think... You think my stories are good. There's really a lot of good stories out there oh, because life is, is full of magic. Well, I would just like to say, anyone listening, if you know somebody that you think needs a little more magic in their life, please share this podcast with them. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can go to the website, lifegetsbetternow.com. All the podcasts are right there. Or you can send us an email to forgivenesstraining at gmail.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. Thank you to our sound engineer, Daniel Zamzow. And for the Life Gets Better Now podcast, I'm producer Aaron Warhol. And I'm Mary Hayes Greco. It's been fun. You just kick that door.